Welcome to Celebrate Cultivate, a podcast about celebrating the good in life and cultivating more of what we want. I'm your host, Kayleen Seuss. My intention is to offer deep breaths, high vibes, and ideas for appreciating the magic in everyday life. Let's get to it. Hello, my friends. How are you? I'm so happy to be here today and to spend a little time with you. Today's topic is a request from the Celebrate Cultivate community. On Instagram, I asked for suggestions on topics and things to talk about here on the podcast, and Heidi sent in this one. Self-care in the midst of revolution and so much suffering. Which, whew, I really resonate with this topic. And there's a million different directions we can take this conversation. Right now, the collective experience on our planet is just kind of amazing, but in the like big definition of amazing it's just really hard to even wrap our heads around everything that's going on Um, so i think the best place to start is by taking a deep breath together so go ahead and take a big inhale and a generous exhale i'll do it with you okay that feels better Thank you, Heidi, for bringing this topic to the top of the list. I really appreciate your input, and I think that this is an important conversation for us to have. Even in the easiest and breeziest times, self-care can feel like a controversial topic. It's something that we're conditioned to believe that putting our needs first is selfish, and especially as women, we're the caretakers and we often sacrifice our needs in an effort to put others first. And that's a behavior that we've seen our mothers and our grandmothers, our aunts and our friends, our mentors. I mean, there's just so many examples of sacrifice and I believe that is necessary sometimes, but it isn't sustainable for everyone long-term. So if you're feeling like you need to or want to focus on self-care in the midst of all that's happening between the Black Lives Matter movement, the coronavirus pandemic, the uncertain political and economic climates, to name just a few current issues at hand, I believe this is a reminder and message to hold on to. Self-care is not selfish. Self-care is necessary and the only person who can care for you is you, truly. I mean, we can get help from others and asking for help is a radical act of self-care, but at the end of the day, the words that you say to yourself, the thoughts that you have for yourself and the actions that you take for yourself um, can really support you in ways that other people can't. So what is self-care? What does it even mean? Um, I honestly think I could create an entire podcast episode just on 
this topic of what is self-care. I define self-care as any intentional action that you take in support of your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being. The key components of that are that you're the person taking action since it's yourself and that it is supportive of your self (laughs) and that it's intentional, that it's on purpose, that you're really doing it from a place of care. Because if you think about the way that we care for others, we put so much thought and effort and energy into making other people feel good, which I mean, definitely has its rewards. But if you find yourself only giving and not giving that back to yourself, I think that you can really find yourself um, feeling depleted, ignored. (laughs) Um, What are some other ways that you might feel if you're not caring for yourself? Exhausted, resentful. There's just a whole host of emotions and experiences that can come out of not prioritizing self-care. So I'm here to tell you that we can do this. We can be revolutionary. We can endure crisis and suffering and also take care of ourselves. So here are four ways to practice self-care in times like right now when things can feel extremely overwhelming. And these kind of circumstances can happen globally like we're experiencing right now, but you can also be in in a personal crisis. And so I think that these same four ways to practice self-care also apply to those more personal experiences. First, look within. Create a quiet moment to reflect on where you are and where you want to be. Then connect with the calm voice of wisdom within yourself. Ask your inner voice, your spirit guides, God or the universe, what do I need? And really sit and listen. You can journal on this, you can record a voice memo to yourself on your phone or type it out on your computer. Whatever you do, try to let the words flow without judgment. Just see what comes up for you when you ask yourself and the higher beings that support you, what do I need? What what comes? That is your first step. Jess Lively is a teacher who I really look up to when it comes to inner voice, so I highly recommend checking her out. And I recently started following Nicole Perkins on Instagram. Her handle is at metaphysicalme underscore. She trained under Jess Lively and is now offering inner voice sessions herself. Her Instagram feed is really inspiring. I actually signed up for a session with her, so I'll be doing one soon, and I'm really looking forward to that, but she's sharing some very interesting things that inner voices are saying, and also kind of sharing a little bit more about what that process looks like. I recently saw one of her posts said, if you get a vague or non-answer from your inner voice, continue that question process continue interrogating your inner voice so if if you say what do i need and 
you're not satisfied with the completion of that response, keep going. Say, what do I need for my mind? What do I need for my heart? What do I need for my spirit? What do I need for my body? And and journal on that, reflect on that, allow those answers to come to you, and then take those actions in support of yourself and in practice of self-care. The simple act of looking within yourself is absolutely a form of self-care because we spend so much time especially in moments like this in history when there is a ton of information coming out it's important that we pay attention to that of, of course but we also if we're looking outside of ourselves for all the answers we are muting the one of the most viable resources that we have which is our own inner wisdom our own past lives our own unique experiences that inform who we are and how we can show up the second way to practice self-care during these times is to be mindful of your social media experience (laughs) so during times of crisis and revolution there is a tendency to want to catch up on all the information available if you've been feeling behind on your knowledge and understanding when it comes to racism white supremacy and the experience of black people in this country and so on and so on, you might feel tempted to spend hours and hours studying, researching, learning, following new voices, and all of that is absolutely valid. But like we discussed in last week's episode, this activity might come from a frenzied feeling and won't leave much space for you to integrate what you're learning into everyday life. This might be an unpopular recommendation, but I think that curating your Instagram experience is absolutely a form of self-care. So I highly recommend examining your feed and muting and even unfollowing accounts that don't resonate, educate, or empower you. If you are logging onto your Instagram feed, which by the way is engineered to be addictive, if you're feeling defeated or frustrated or sad or angry, every time you're opening that app, I think that you have to really question what is the purpose of the time that you're spending on social media. Education, expansion, um little baby moments of activism on Instagram, you know, those are all important, but also consider how you can't control what you're encountering when you show up. So another way to practice self-care is to take a little bit of that control by blocking your time and dedicating only specific blocks of time to social media. And if you are purposeful about showing up on your platforms, be it Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, and scrolling and watching and engaging in those blocks of time that you've set aside for that practice, then you can delete the apps or not get on them in the other blocks of time. And that way you can give yourself some space to integrate what you're learning. You can you know, take deep breaths and calm down if you've experienced something that's upsetting to you and you can seek information in other places through books and conversation, podcasts. There's just so much available to us at our fingertips, but 
with specifically with social media, like I said, all of that is engineered to be addicting. The use of the apps themselves, um, our interaction with technology is, is highly addictive. So in these moments of crisis and of revolution, it's important to utilize the tools in the ways that serve you best and also to just examine your usage and find ways to curate and cultivate usage experiences that support you and support your end goals and inspire you and guide you towards taking meaningful action versus just getting you into emotional spirals. The third practice for self-care today that we're going to talk about is seeking spiritual connection. So kind of... (laughs) Um, related to the connection that we seek so often when we show up on social media, but spiritual connection. So whatever your religious or spiritual beliefs, it's crucial to connect with spirit through these times of crisis and revolution. It might be a good time for you to start praying or meditating. If those are things that you've done in the past or that you've wanted to do, maybe you always felt like a journal practice was something that you wanted to do and you just haven't. This is a good time to implement some of those things or to fall back on the stuff that has worked for you in the past. Maybe you seek out teachers who resonate with you and who support your belief systems. I've been really connecting with the teachings of AC Brown, who is a spiritual guide and psychic channel. I highly recommend checking her out on Instagram. Um, She also has a podcast that I haven't had a chance to listen to yet, but I'm really excited to. So she has an offering on her website for empathy in times of crisis. It's a channeled message from her and her guides. And there's also a different reading for there's like one for the collective and then there's one based on your human design type and I recently listened to it it was so incredible and inspiring and I just really like how she's showing up what she's sharing I just find her to be really connected and real about everyday life but also the spiritual side of things I also, you know, if you've listened to That's Pretty Woo, or I think I've even mentioned here on the podcast that I really love Shaman Durek. His book, Spirit Hacking, is so good. And a lot of what he talks about is new for many of us. He's a real life shaman, but so much of it is rooted in ancient teachings. And he has a really strong connection to teachers from other realms and through past lives. And I just find he's also just super positive and uplifting. So if you haven't checked him out, I highly recommend giving him Um, checking out his website, following him on Instagram. And he is hosting every Friday these healing temples on Zoom. And they're pretty amazing. I went to one last Friday. It was my first one. And I'm going to go to one tomorrow as well. First of all, it just feels nice to be part of a collective experience. And it is quite different than anything I've done before. Although I did see him um, speak live 
last fall at the Attune conference with my friend Christy. She and I got to see him and he brought people on stage and he kind of connected to their spirit guides and connected to these other realms with people up on stage. So I've seen him do his work before, but it's pretty um, incredible to like be the recipient via Zoom where it just feels like he's talking to you. So it's it's neat. It's definitely outside of like the spiritual teachings that I grew up with <laughs> in Christianity, but um, I, I love it. I really enjoy everything that he shares. And um, I think that at this point in my spiritual journey, so much of my interest is in expansion and learning about myself and my soul. And so I've found it to be a really, I've found his work to be really, really supportive of my journey. The fourth and final and potentially more grounded practice of self-care is establishing daily rituals and our days flow we have a flow to them rituals and the current of our days there's there's something that's already existing in your everyday life and sometimes right now in if you're still practicing some isolation in your home and not doing going out and doing all of the things that you used to do before coronavirus hit you know those ebbs and flows of your day-to-day rhythms might be changed. I know for me, I haven't left the house very much at all, like four times maybe since March, really by myself. And um, so there were so many moments during my day in and day out before all of this that just kind of indicated what I would do when. And now that I'm home so much, I've had to re-implement different rituals, different practices throughout my days. And I think that those times are perfect opportunities to practice self-care. Gina Stovall wrote a caption on Instagram that really resonated with me. She said, leaning into my daily rituals as I make my anti-racism learning and activism part of my daily life. I don't want to become complacent and I also cannot burn out. So making the work a conscious part of my day versus an ever-present anxiety beneath the surface is essential. I have no idea what this looks like right now, but I'm sure I'll figure it out. That resonates with me because it acknowledges that like we don't have all the answers right now, but we're becoming aware of things that we want to focus on, that we want to change, and also that awareness of we can't do it all right now. So how can we bring it, fold it into our everyday life, fold it into the rituals and rhythms of our days, and also support ourselves with that care? So like I said, I think that our days are made of natural rhythms, which are perfect opportunities for small moments of self-care. Here's just a few examples of things that you can do in the mornings, and you can sprinkle them out throughout your whole day. But waking up and saying to yourself, thinking to yourself, first thing, today is going to be a great day. This is a suggestion in a book that I read called Tiny Habits. It's by BJ Fogg. And the book is all about establishing new 
life patterns, new habits through making the tiniest changes in your life possible. It's really interesting and inspiring book. My friend Stephanie works with BJ. And so I had like the inside track on like hearing about the publication process. And I just love everything that he teaches in the book. So I definitely recommend checking it out if you're looking for kind of support and education in terms of habit formation. But this one suggestion that he makes is waking up every morning and saying to yourself, today is going to be a great day. And he says that if you can't believe that because like you're really going through something horrible, you can say, today's going to be a great day somehow. And just kind of leave that how up to a greater force than yourself. I've been putting that into practice for the last several months and I really do think it's like one of the most amazing ways to start your day. It's so simple and easy, accessible, and if you don't remember to do it, okay, just say it to yourself whenever you do remember. As you're brushing your teeth, look yourself in the mirror, look into your eyes and think about one nice thing that you can say about yourself. Just one nice thing. You're already standing in front of the mirror, brushing your teeth. So have a little bit of eye contact with yourself and just praise yourself. Say one nice thing. Very simple, very accessible, so much self-care. And it's something that kind of like will support you day in and day out. After you get dressed in the morning, take a mini meditation vacation. Get still, quiet your mind, and just take a few deep breaths. For so long, I haven't practiced meditation formally because I didn't think that I had 20 minutes every day to like sit on the cushion in complete silence. And I always thought that like I needed to have the perfect conditions to practice meditation. And while that's still something in the back of my mind that I aspire to someday, that isn't very realistic in my current daily structure, (laughs) my current family structure, you know, the current world climate, like none of it really is like perfectly primed for my meditation practice. And maybe that's something that I need to get over. But in the meantime, my current practice is that when I can, not necessarily every single day for perfection, but when I can, just sitting down for a few minutes, I do a line activation, which is something that Ashley Wood teaches. You don't have to do that. You can just breathe and empty and quiet your mind or witness your thoughts and just kind of center yourself before you get into the heart of your day. Still on the morning routine self-care, one more. As you sip your coffee in the morning, set an intention for the day. My friend Meg often shares these on her Instagram, and it always just really makes me inspired and feel good to think about her drinking her coffee. Like that gives us life. We love our coffee and setting an intention for the day, something to root and ground on, something to reflect on, something that we need support with. An intention to carry throughout the day can just be so such a huge practice of self-care and it's just a tiny little mind shift being intentional about the rhythms of your day will also help you do the conscious work of activism learning and unlearning which i know so many of you have expressed as a priority for you and if it wasn't a priority for you before all of this like at the start of the year i think it is becoming a much bigger priority for so many of us so 
I hope that those four ways are helpful. To wrap up, I just wanna share a little bit more of a message that I've been thinking on, which is to say that you can do some things, but you cannot do everything. And when you spread yourself too thin, you aren't helping anyone. In fact, you're hurting yourself and thus harming the collective. So be gentle, kind, and easy on yourself. Have compassion for your blind spots and the spaces where growth is necessary. Look back at your life and see that you have always grown. You've always grown throughout your life. So trust that you're going to keep growing and just be kind to yourself about things that you've done wrong, that you are now waking up to. Like, you can't change the past. You can mourn. You can feel bad. You can allow that feeling. And then you can determine to do better, to grow. Activism, change, growth, and healing are huge elements of self-care. But we cannot be everything all the time. Getting stuck in sadness and suffering only adds to the collective pain. So hold space for your emotions, ask for help if you need it, and then make a plan for taking action that is sustainable and supportive for you. Self-care can be naps and face masks for sure, and it can also be protesting and voting. And one person can do all four of those things, but not at the same time. And I think that we just are told, or we're not even told, I don't know who's, when I say like we are told, I don't even know what that means. So I'll just say that sometimes we think, I think, you think that we have to do it all at once. And that's literally impossible. So that thought is not helpful. The journey is not always simple or easy, even though our minds crave a quick resolution. Even though there's a sense of urgency, a need for action, right now, frenzy and panic never helped anybody. Just think about when people, or if you have experienced like true crisis in your life, a powerful calm often takes over. Clarity and focus are the things that really help you act in times of crisis. So trust in that energy, tap into that energy. And remember, there's no need to rush. You can act with expediency, you can act with purpose, but running across the streets isn't helpful if you trip and fall on your way across the street, you know? like. It's like when you're driving and there's been something that you have to get to urgently, an accident, or if you're driving to the hospital because you're about to have a baby, like those are not times to get in accidents. Those are not times to make mistakes. Like those are times to drive carefully with urgency. So hopefully that analogy kind of brings it into a new perspective. It's definitely illuminating some things for me personally in terms of acting with intention, acting with purpose, choosing my thoughts, my words, and my actions wisely, and not like necessarily being lethargic and like lazy about my choices, but really just 
doing things in a way that feels supportive for me and for my community and for the collective. So thank you so much for listening. Heidi, thank you so much for suggesting this episode topic. I hope that some of this has been helpful for you and If you have any other suggestions for episode topics, any of you, please contact me on Instagram or send me an email. The show notes for today's episode will be on celebratecultivate.com and I'll be sure to share links and resources that I mentioned today. I am looking forward to connecting with all of you more and I hope that you do something today that feels magical and like just amazing self-care. Thanks friends. Thank you so much for listening. Visit celebratecultivate.com for links and notes from today's conversation. Follow along on Instagram at celebratecultivate and connect with me at Kayleen Elise. Please share this pod with anyone who could use a little extra magic in their everyday life. Stay tuned for the next episode. I'll talk to you then.